Hey nurse friend, welcome to the Passive Income Nurse Podcast. I am so glad you're here. If you are looking for more flexibility, time, freedom, and fulfillment, you are in the right place. Have you ever thought about being an entrepreneur? Have you been searching for other ways that you can make money? Nursing brings you joy, but you're tired of working long shifts, being short-staffed, and feeling stretched so thin. You're thinking something has got to give. You would love to be able to work from home around your family schedule and be your own boss. Are you struggling with where to start and what you can actually do to make this happen? Figuring out how to build the business online, the social media strategy, the tech, all the things are holding you back. Nurse friend, I've been there. Hey, I'm Brian Bell. I too was a career nurse frustrated with the healthcare system and I wanted more flexibility to work around my kids' schedules. I wanted to use my nursing skills in a way to make an impact that felt aligned. But I kept telling myself that I needed another degree or certification in order to make that happen. Pop in your earbuds and get ready to grow outside of the hospital walls and figure out how you can make some money online. This ER nurse is about to triage your nursing career. It's time to give your career a little CPR. Let's revive your nurse heart. Today's episode is brought to you by NetWorth Nurse. Are your finances a mess? Would you like to learn more about getting your personal finances in order and gaining control over your financial future? Yes, please. In nursing school, we are not taught anything about taking care of our finances. We can do a head-to-toe assessment, we can critically think, and we can prioritize our patients. But when it comes to our finances, we're constantly feeling like we need life support. I get it. We're told to invest in a 401k, so we do. But what if there were better opportunities to build your retirement? We don't have to work until we die, y'all. We can take control over our financial future now. Get curious, educate yourself, listen to podcasts, read blogs, watch videos, get a coach, take a course, join a community. Financial freedom and wealth building strategies are available to us as nurses. You can learn from a nurse and surround yourself with a community of other nurses motivated to achieve financial freedom over at networthnurse.co. Hey, nurse friends, welcome back to the show. I have a special guest on today, and I have been wanting to talk to you guys a lot more about our 401k. And so I have an expert on today named Chris Odegaard. He is a alternative investor and has a blog centered around challenging conventional ways of investing. He also has a book called Get Off Your Ass and Manage Your Money. You need an alternative investment. So I'm so excited, Chris, that you're here so we can talk about 401k because as I mentioned before we hopped on, I think as nurses, In traditional roles, we are so used to just getting the job, starting the 401k, and really not educating ourselves on the ins and outs of 401k. So I really am excited for you to share your wisdom today about really why 401ks actually suck and why there are other options for us nurses to be able to invest our money wisely. So Chris, welcome to the show. I'm excited for you to be here today. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And now I know which words I can say and not say on the podcast. So that's good. <laughs> and, and happy birthday to the show. Congratulations. Your yes, thank is, you so much. Awesome. Thank so, you. So, you know, I mean, first of all, your nurses uh, aren't unique in the fact that 
you know, they got a job and the job came with a 401k and, and to, you know, in today's environment, you automatically get opted into the 401k, mm. what you're going to invest in and how much of your paycheck. And that's what everybody does, because we just, you know, we kind of come out of the womb program like that. Everybody that they know, every family member, every friend, every coworker, they're, they're all doing it. And so when somebody like me comes along and says, hey, your 401 sucks, they've never heard that before, right? And they go, that guy must be crazy. No yeah. one has ever said that to me before. So anyway, they're not alone. They shouldn't feel bad. I was just like them once too, so. Yeah, I think it's just that that mindset and we don't take the time to educate ourselves about other options and i know my nurse listening this may be a struggle that she actually has with finding that security inside of the w2 and inside of the 401k and so as she's thinking about creating a passive stream of income and what this may look like to kind of transition into this place of maybe she's wanting to leave her job and maybe make this passive stream of income like this full-time business. And so can you talk to us, give us some reasons why our 401ks suck? Like why should we be considering other things and not really finding our security inside of that? Okay. Well, I, I can give you a whole bunch of ones, but I'm going to give you the main one and I'm going to tell you the math that they just, they just don't work for 92% of the population. So think about that. 92% of your nurses who are using the 401k as their primary retirement tool are never going to get there. They're either going to have to work longer or they're going to have to have this very diminished lifestyle in retirement. So in the conventional kind of investing world and with conventional financial planners, the question that's often asked is, well, how much how much money do I need to retire? How big does that 401k have to be? And that, I think that's really the wrong question because what you really want to know is how much income do I, how much retirement income do I ha- do I want to have when I'm retired? Yeah. And so if you look at it that way, then it's different. So there's a, there's a rule that financial planners use called the 4% rule. And the, using the 4% rule, you can say, okay, that tells retirees how much, what percentage of their portfolio they can withdraw every year and hopefully not run out of money before they run out of life. <laughs> so let's just pick uh, $100,000 a year as a desired retirement income. So using the 4% rule, you would take that $100,000 and you would divide it by Four percent, and that would give you a four hundred one k portfolio of two point five million dollars. That's what you would need to have, and hopefully, it's not guaranteed. Hopefully, the market would work in such a way that you could take that two and a half million dollars, you could withdraw a hundred thousand dollars a year, and that would last you in, until you passed. Um, so, how many how many Americans? How many of your nurses? are going to have a two and a half million dollar portfolio. Well, I can tell you only 8% of Americans ever achieve millionaire status. So even less than that, achieve multimillionaire status. So that tells you that this whole system that Mm -hmm. we've all been raised and kind of brainwashed to believe, it doesn't work for 92% of us. Mm-hmm. So let's just step it back a minute and say, okay, Chris, you're a little bit too greedy. You don't need to have $100,000 a year. Maybe you do in San Francisco, but not down here in South Carolina, for example. So let's just take the median income, which is about $63,000 a year. If you apply the 4% rule to that, 
it's $1.575 million. So you're still, you know, 92% of the of your nurses are never going to get there. And now something interesting is happening just with the kind of change of the economy and the fact that interest rates have been held so low. The 4% rule isn't working anymore. So now the planners are qu quoting a 3% rule or a 3 point something percent. So now take the same $63,000, apply the 3% rule. Now you're back to a $2.1 million portfolio. So the main reason why the 401k suck is because they don't work. Yeah, yeah. And I think... It's, we look at this big picture and we say a million dollars, right? And when we say, oh, I can, you know, have a million dollars inside of my 401k by this year. But if you really le realistically break that down into the amount of like years that you have left and like, like how much you're going to be pulling out of that, can you really live off of $40,000 a year? Because most of the time, like you want to have 20 30 years outside of retirement where you're able to enjoy life, but if you're only making or you're only able to draw $40,000, is that really equivalent to the lifestyle that you're living? And as nurses, as healthcare professionals, that is not the lifestyle that we're used to living. So tell us some other reasons. What can we, I want to hear other reasons why this doesn't work because you've convinced me we need to find a better way and we'll dive into that, but continue on with given us some reasons why we sh should consider other opportunities. Yeah. So some of the other reasons, the S&P 500, so the 401ks, everybody's investing in the stock market, stocks, funds, and mutual funds. Your 401k plans won't let you invest in anything other than that, most of them. And that's not an IRS rule. That's just because those plans make a lot of money for the people that administer those plans. And investing in publicly traded things is easy and profitable. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the problems is, is that the returns are low. So the S&P 500 is the big US benchmark of kind of the overall stock market. And the um, over the 30 years, the S&P 500 has been in existence, the average annual return to investors is just shy of 10%. I think it's like 9.8%. But some studies have been done, well, that's the index, but what do what does the actual investor in the stock in the you know S and P five hundred in the stock market actually make? And it's somewhere around five, five something percent. So if you're trying to you know, so that's that's basically five percent before taxes and inflation, and especially in today's inflationary environment, you're not even maintaining your borrowing power. So basically. The returns that you're getting inside your 401k are too low to get you anywhere. And the other thing is you don't get cash flow. So when you're only investing in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, the way it's designed is that why they talk about this mountain of cash, the mountain of having a giant balance sheet, you can't live off a balance sheet. You have to have cash flow. And in the 401k and conventional world, the only way you generate cash flow is by selling bits and pieces of that portfolio. Compare that to having an apartment building or a single family rental, the asset continues to grow and it provides you with cash flow that you can, you know, fund your living expenses with. Mm -hmm. And same thing with getting back to the returns in, when in alternative investments, we routinely get returns in excess of 20%. Um, so you get higher ROIs, cash flow, and also you're getting taxed on all that stuff. Yeah. So when you, alternatives and especially real estate come with built-in tax advantages called depreciation. 
but you don't have any of those kind of things inside your 401k. And as a matter of fact, mutual funds are really awful in this way. So let's say you started January and you had a $100,000 portfolio of mutual funds and you ended the year in December and that those mutual funds were only worth 80, you could actually get a tax bill because the mutual fund manager bought and sold individual stocks in that same year. So you, your portfolio is less and you're still going to be paid taxes on some capital gains that happened within that mutual fund. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle Sam's always going to get. <laughs> yep. And, you know, if let, let's say, uh, you know, I'm a young investor and I'm investing in alternatives and we can talk about what those are. One of the big one is real estate mm-hmm. and I've got $30,000 and I want to jumpstart my investing. I go to the bank with my $30,000 and say, hey, will you loan me 70000 so I can buy this $100,000 single family rental? They will do that all day long. In mutual funds, $30,000 buys you $30,000 worth of stuff. No banker will loan you $70,000 to go and buy mutual funds. So you can't use leverage. Mm-hmm. And the things that determine how much money that you end up with in your port, in your 401k or wherever, it's how much excess money do you have to invest? And that includes using other people's money, borrowing. It doesn't have to be all your money. And then what kind of returns are you getting? So you can see, you're getting small returns inside your 401k and you can't borrow to buy those assets. So the inability to use leverage is another thing. And uh, 401ks in the stock market is so volatile. You know, my alternative investments from apartment buildings to ATM machines have just performed and kicked out solid cash flow all through the pandemic. I don't I can't even look and see what the value of my things are every day because they're not publicly traded. And as long as I don't need to sell them, which I don't, it doesn't matter because they generate cash flow. So those are kind of some of the things that are wrapped up with the initial thing is it just doesn't work. And, and you know, there's a, whole, there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. Yeah. So with you showing that, if a nurse is listening and she's like, okay, I have this match, right? Caught up in... Our employee matches us, whether that's a percentage um, of whatever you contribute or whatever. Would it be a good idea to keep your 401k, but then also to consider other investments? Or what is your thought around that? Hey, y'all. I'm just jumping in to say thank you so much to the Net Worth Nurse for sponsoring this podcast. The Passive Income Nurse Podcast is a podcast for nurses who are looking for alternative ways to create an extra income. Whether you are wanting to take control of your finances, pay off debt, or you're looking for a way to be able to take control of your schedule, you are listening to this show right now because you are curious and you are exploring something different. If there's one thing that I've learned about finances and budgeting and paying off debt and creating a passive stream of income so I can take control of my schedule, it's that I must have a plan. I need a strategy in place in order to get to where I want to go. Taking control of our finances can be hard, but imagine if you had a plan and a strategy to take control of your financial future. You no longer had to rely on clocking in and clocking out and thinking that this is the only way to build your wealth until you retire. Nurse friends, there is a better way. You work long hours. You work hard for your money. It's time to put your money to work for you. 
Networth Nurse is on a mission to empower all nurses to take control of their finances. This is a place specifically for nurses that is focused on empowering nurses to grow nursing and grow wealth. The time is now to take control of your financial future. You can learn more about growing your wealth by going to networthnurse.co. Now back to today's episode. I'm so, I'm so glad you asked this question. So <laughs> the, the two big selling points for the 401k are the company match, which is nothing more than somebody else's money or, or mm. other people's money or OPM, as we like to call it, and the tax deferral that you get when you make that contribution. But what people don't realize is that alternative investments come with the same thing. The, the use of somebody else's money and tax benefits. So when you buy a single family rental, you get a, a company match or other people's money, but it's better. In the 401k, you get the company match one time when you make that investment. When I purchase a, a single family rental, I get a company match every month for the next 30 years calling a renter, paying off my mortgage. A complete stranger is gonna give me more than the amount of, that mortgage every month for the next 30 years. And when you make the contribution to your 401k, you get a one-time deferral of taxes on that money. When you buy a single family rental, you get a tax benefit every year for the next 27 and a half years called depreciation. And when you do the math, the value of the depreciation on single family rental and the benefit of somebody else paying off your mortgage is three times more valuable than the match and the tax benefits of the 401k. So you're better off never even putting your money in the 401k to begin with, even with the free money and the tax benefits, you're gonna make more money in a single family rental. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's, that's interesting because like you said, we've kind of all been just like trained that this is the way to go and this is what you should do. And I think because we're not, this is something that we're not taught in school, right? Unless we had parents that educated us on right. the rules around like what you should invest in. Like when you go to sign up or when you go and you're hired for your job or you even change jobs, it's like you go to HR and they're like, okay, this is what you need to do. And you're like, okay, sure. I don't really know. I just know that I need to be investing in this 401k. And if this is what you say I need to do, then let me sign the paperwork and that's what I'll do. Right. Yeah. And so as I, I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking as a nurse who has never invested in real estate, there may be some hesitation or some scarcity around that is, especially with the inflation of things right now. Like, how can you speak to that as far as, is it a good time to buy real estate? Is it, is it risky? kind of explain like your thoughts around like just not really coming from a standpoint of not having ever invested in real estate and really concerns around like with the inflation of everything right now. Yeah. Look at that. Can, can I just defer just a minute and let's sure. just, let, let's talk about conventional and alternatives because it's not just real estate. So I want to okay. set that whole landscape. Okay. So everything that's publicly traded on the stock market, stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, those are conventional investments. Everything else that's not publicly traded, those are alternatives. So that includes every type of real estate from mobile home parks, single family rentals, self-storage, apartment buildings, you know, shopping centers. It also includes commodities, gold, silver, grain, beef, cryptocurrency. It includes private lending, 
private shares of small businesses, also known as uh, private equity. Cash value life insurance is a great alternative investments, especially if any of your nurses have children. There, there are just, you know, before the invention of the mutual fund, most people put money into life insurance, cash value life insurance policies. Mm-hmm. And like whole life insurance and reverse mortgages got a bad ma- name decades ago, even though the products are completely different today. And these are some great alternative investments, not the reverse mortgage, but the cash value life insurance. So anyway, those are all, there's a whole bunch of things that fall into alternatives. But back to your question about the real estate, um, you know, I'm voting with my dollars, so I'm still investing uh, in real estate and real estate is hyper local. So maybe Seattle is not a best place for cash flowing real estate and neither is San Francisco or New York City, but people are moving to play. You know, there's the great migration going on, jobs and people and demand for housing and moving to places like Atlanta and Dallas and Nevada and, you know, even here in the Carolinas. So uh, yeah, I'm still investing in real estate in specific markets, you know, that I believe and the people that the partners that I work with believe are performing well. Nice. So from the investment standpoint, you actually work with an investor that helps you like with your, to decide what areas to invest in, what is a good investment, kind of as your coach that guides you and helps you place your, your funds in specific places. Is that what you do personally? Kind of. So I will refer your your nurses and listeners to the article that I just wrote okay. at theprolificinvestor.net. It's blog number 46. And I talk about three ways to get started in real estate. And one is the what I call the do-it-yourself or DIY single yeah. family rental. Mm-hmm. You know, you go, you see a place down the street, you buy it. You do everything, property management, do the repairs. You're the jack of all trades. And if, if you don't go out and get, you, you've essentially started a small business. So mm-hmm. think about this. Your nurses already have a full-time plus job. Yeah. If they want to be a single family rental, do-it-yourself type person, well, they've just started a small business on the side. <laughs> and if they've never done that before, that's very risky. Yeah. And if, if, especially if they've never got some real estate training or some mentorship or a coach or somebody to help them with that, that's, that's highly risky. Mm-hmm. And then kind of the next method, and it takes a lot of their time. So you've got high risk uh, and a lot of time. And then the next method is what's called a single family rental turnkey. So across the country, there are these uh, turnkey single family rental providers, and they are in the business of buying in managing and doing the rehabs on single family rentals. And there, and some of them focus on one or two markets, some of them focus on many. But what you could do is say, oh, well, here's one in Memphis. Memphis is a good cash flowing uh, a real estate market. And the turnkey operator has bought a house, they fixed it up with durable renovations for a rental, they've put qualified tenants in it, and now, and they've and they property management and you show up either with your cash or with the bank loan. And then you buy what's called a loaded rental. It's already there. It's got rented. It's under property management with somebody who specialized in managing thousands of single family rentals in that market. And so that's an easier way. The risk is less. The returns will be a little bit less uh, because you're going to have a property manager, but I, you never know. You were, you're an amateur over here doing the first one with the do-it-yourself. Now you've yep. hired somebody and 
then and then lastly is what's called a syndication model which is the way i like to do it if any of your nurses are driving down the street and they see an apartment building that it's very unlikely that one person came in with the cash or even with the down payment to to buy or build that apartment building it was done by a syndication that's just when a bunch of people go oh i would like to buy that but i don't none of us have enough money by ourselves to do it alone so we pool our money mm-hmm. and so there's usually a general partner who pulls this deal together and that's the person who's an expert or people an expert at buying and managing that asset in this example partner apartment buildings and the rest of us bring the down payment and some money for repairs and upgrades and then together we own that building for a while and we we share in the profit and losses at some point it gets sold and the the profits are split between the general partner and all the limited partners and again this is a little bit like the single family rental you've hired but the the turnkey you've hired uh an, or you've partnered with an expert in that particular asset and once i've wired off my money i don't do anything until what i like to say in three or four years it comes back with twice as many friends nice <laughs> so. nice <laughs> Well, yeah, I know. I appreciate you breaking that down because it can be overwhelming when you think about maybe you've never even bought a house yourself and you're thinking about, okay, like I want to be able to extra stream of income. And as you were, you know, explaining those like the DIY or that's more of an active income, right? So you're like having a property manager, having to deal with all of that. And then as you move into the turnkey, it's more of that passive income, which allows you to not trade your time for money to allow you to to put up the investment initially, but then you have the passive income where you're not having to, we're used to clocking in and trading our time for money. So you're not really having to trade that time for money. And then with the syndication model, it's even more passive income where you are now just partnering with a pool of people or a group of people in doing this investment together. And then, like you said, in years to come, then you kind of reap the benefits of that. And it's 100% that passive income. So yeah, I, I love the model of real estate and I've had multiple guests on the show talking about the benefits of being in real estate, but I love how you break it down and just explain the three levels. And you guys, if you want to check out Chris's blog post, you said it was blog 46, 46, yeah, 46. And that's the prolific investor.net prolific investor.net. And you can check out those and read over those more. What's amazing is, is that as you go across that spectrum from the single family, do it yourself to the turnkey, and then to the syndication, your time involvement goes down and yeah. your returns go, go up. up. And frankly, yeah. your, ri- and your risk goes down. It's, cou- it's counterintuitive. Yeah, no, I love that. It's just, I think, getting over that fear, that initial fear, as my nurses are here, they're listening, they have the mindset of wanting to step into creating this passive stream of income to where it helps them just create a little bit more time and flexibility in their life, that more time freedom, or it it may be that like they want to step away from their job completely, or maybe they just want to go work one day a week or whatever that looks like, but they're just looking for other opportunities to be able to create that lifestyle that they ultimately want. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that with us today and coming on and talking about our 401k and educating us on that because so many (laughs) of us need to understand that. And you really helped explain it and gave us some examples of some alternatives that we can 
move forward with and yeah, look towards the passive income investing side of things. It's my pleasure. I really appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Chris. Hey, real quick before you go, make sure wherever you're listening that you are subscribed to the show. If you are listening over on Apple iTunes, all you have to do is tap in the top right-hand corner on the plus sign. This is going to allow you to follow the show and get notified every single time an episode airs. And if you have been listening to the show and you know some other friends or coworkers that may enjoy it, please share it with them. Spread the love. I would be so grateful. Did you know that we have a Facebook community? The Passive Income Nurse has a community over on Facebook. So make sure you scroll down in the show notes, click the link and join us over there. Or if Instagram is your thing and that's where you like to hang out, we can hang out over there too. You can find me at The Passive Income Nurse. Say hello, shoot me a DM. I would love to be able to connect with you over there as well. I'm so grateful for you guys. Be proud of yourself for showing up, for investing in yourself, for taking action and pursuing the thing that God has placed on your heart.